I'm going to pray as well. Father God, come and take these words and help us. Help us to live well with a living hope full of you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, uh, that is our theme for this morning. We are going to be talking about a living hope in the living God. Uh, so, um, as we do that, I wonder, I wonder how you are getting through this lockdown. We know the lockdown has been extended. We know that we're going to have to be socially distant from one another for for a, quite a long time, and maybe even until Christmas. Who knows? Um, I don't know about you, but I I, I find that difficult. It, now, it, don't get me wrong; it's not the kind of difficult that some other people are going through. Uh, I don't know whether if you saw. Uh, Wes's video this week um, about us all being in the same boat. The reality is we're not all in the same boat. If we are in a house with money coming in and with food on the table, frankly, we've got life good. And this is a tough season to go through, but we've got life good. If you're alone in that house, then that is harder. But if you have are struggling with accommodation or with food uh, or with finances, then we're not all in the same boat. So we're going through the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. So I wonder what you, in your circumstances, are doing in order to try and get through, in order to uh, survive. Maybe uh, you've done yourself um, an exercise list. Um, maybe you have uh, set yourself some challenges or jobs that you're going to do around the house. Maybe you're getting really good at practicing mindfulness and putting those good thoughts in a jar so that you can hang on to them. Uh, maybe you have binged watched all of Netflix. Maybe you have absolutely become the master at using Zoom and WhatsApp for your family chats and have even worked out how you can do quizzes together online. Or maybe you have become super craft parent with your children and there is no end to your ability to be able to submit photographs of the craft that you have made to the teachers so that you can pretend that your children have done the homework really well. Or maybe you're not getting through. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're finding the distance difficult. Maybe you're finding the finances difficult. Everyone's experience will be different. As we come to look at this passage in 1 Peter, and um, it really does feel like a grace gift to be looking at this, uh, this book. We were originally going to preach through this uh, in the spring term, last term, in the evenings. And we changed the plan and we, and we stuck with the worship series. And that series that we extended into is really, really good stuff. So if you haven't had a chance to catch up with that online, please do go and have a listen. Um, but as we were then thinking about what to teach for this season, I came back to looking at 1 Peter again. And it just seems like this is a perfect book for us in this season. Because it not only talks about hope, but it talks about how we're to live and who we are as the people of God in this season. So I hope that over this next few weeks, however long it lasts, I don't know, that you will find this little series on living hope 
really, really helpful. It's not about surviving through lockdown. It's not about getting through. It's about resting on that sure foundation in Jesus. It's a book that was written by Peter, one of Jesus' followers, a letter. Uh, he was the one who had originally declared that Jesus was the Messiah. And Jesus said that he would build, uh, he was a rock on whom he could build the church. And in fact, he was a, one of the leaders of the early church. But this letter is written a little bit later on after he's uh, been sent out and he's going around and he's writing from Rome with the help of this guy called Silas. We see at the end of the book and there's a little set of formal introductions. Um, and then this letter would have gone out to everyone in what is currently modern day Turkey. And they were in the place where they were facing hostility and persecution. So as we come to look, let me just go through a couple of the verses with you. Um, the first one uh, is that the focus... The focus is this, that we are to be grateful to God for his mercy to us. Verse 3 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. The fact that we can connect with the Almighty God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, is a grace gift. It's not by our own doing. It's not something that we earn. It's not something that we get by mental disciplines or being careful with our thoughts. It's a grace gift, his mercy. And what's he given us? He's given us new birth, that picture of baptism coming to life in him and into a living hope. This is not an academic exercise. Following Jesus is not just about head knowledge, it's about heart knowledge. It's lived and breathed. It's in our day to day and he's with us, this living hope. And it's into an inheritance, verse 4, that is kept in heaven for us. It's been sealed as a guaranteed thing for us. And it can't ever perish or spoil, or fade. And in verse 5, we are shielded by God's power until we see its fullness. He is looking out, looking after us, until we receive the fullness of what he's got for us. Yes, this is a future hope of life in heaven with him, but the Christian life is not about waiting until we get to heaven. It's about living in the fullness of what he's got for us now, a living, breathing, hopeful place to be because of what he's done for us. And then verse six, in all this, you greatly rejoice. The followers of Jesus picked up this amazing thing from Jesus and we see it in Paul and we see it with Peter. This discipline of rejoicing and giving thanks. In all this you greatly rejoice, but the next bit of the verse is, though for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So back then, they were undergoing persecution and extreme hardship. 
We are currently in lockdown and there is grief as people are lost and we say farewell to people. But even in this, even in this, we are to greatly rejoice. And as we do so, what it does is it shows our faith as it really is. It shows up our faith how it really is. Now, when we get to heaven, there's going to be even more praising. So we better start now and get practicing. So I, I hope that your home, you're putting on worship. I hope that you're turning up the volume to 11 and a quarter and that you are worshiping in your home. I want to share some really practical, three really practical things that you can do in response to this and in this current set of circumstances. But before we get to that, uh, I, I want to just share this other idea with you about what I think God is doing in us, in his church at the moment. You see, we are undergoing a massive shift, a massive shift. It's one that actually we've been talking about as church for years. When I first got to All Saints, I did a little... Um, video in support of the rock project but I made it really clear in that video and I wanted to make that really clear up front that church does not equal church building. The church building is a separate thing from the church family and I put that video up in support of the rock project but also making it clear for our language that we were to talk about church building and church family. Um, let me explain a word to you, if I can. The word is liquefaction. Um, it, it, it's a great word, and it's not one that we kind of bump into in our everyday uh, language. Liquefaction is the phenomenon that happens when there is a, 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 a big earthquake and the stiffness of the soil is reduced by the earthquake or because the, the ground has become rapidly loaded under pressure. And the, the solid ground becomes as if it was liquid. You know, and, and all the molecules move past one another because everything is shaking so much. And it, it can have an incredibly damaging effect on properties, on cars. And if you've ever seen a video of this happen, and it's rare to see a video of it actually happening, but you can see the results of it often, that cars and buildings are kind of half sunk under the ground as their foundations have literally been consumed by the earth. And I think that we are in a period of great shaking. That some of the things that we've stood on and felt secure in, the ground has been liquefied and suddenly uh, they've been absorbed and we can't have them in the same way that we used to have them. And my prayer for all of us, for all saints, for the church in the nation, in Bath, across the world, is that we would learn from this. That we would really perceive that God has shifted something, that something's changed, that we will perceive that the centre has shifted from church building to church family. The people of God with church, with Jesus at the head. 
This is as, it's all, as it always should have been, and it's what a lot of us have been talking about for many years. You see, God is always in the business of opening new outlets in every street, in every home that is willing, in every city. But don't mishear me. I really look forward to meeting together again face to face. I really miss seeing people, connecting with people. I mean, this is, this is good, but this is not the same. I've got Meg over here listening and cheering and praying, and I've got a camera and you guys somewhere on the other side of it. It's good, and we'll keep on doing this afterwards, but it's not the same. You see, we were made to be together. I miss the conversation. I miss the connections. And we will meet again in person. But we do need to learn from this, the clarity. That the church is people with Jesus at the head. And everything else needs to come in support of this. And I pray that out of this we'll have Renewed clarity of purpose for us as followers of Jesus, called out into community. That we'll be called to be witnesses to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That we will be called, that we'll know that we've been called to be culture shapers, not just consumers. That we will have clarity of intent when we meet together. Not just to attend, but to encourage one another to worship, to pursue the presence of the living God by the power of his Holy Spirit who is here with us right now in your home. Whether you're alone or whether you're with family, he is with you right now. We need to be attentive to him. And clarity of activity. I pray that after all this is done, that things would be simpler and more purposeful. So let me come back to those three things that I'd said I'd share that are just really simple, practical things. Uh, The first one is this, that I think in order for us to grasp the living hope that God has for us, we need to start with gratitude. We need to start with thanks, orientating our hearts and our living towards him who has mercifully given us all things. And if this morning you don't know what that's like, today is a good day to choose to follow Jesus. If your eyes are down, if you're consumed by the worry and the anxiety, If you don't know where to turn, if you're tired of being mindful and trying to keep it all together, then it's time to look to Jesus, to receive from him the free gift of eternal life. And that starts with saying thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for your great mercy, for dying on the cross so that I can have life. And the next shift is this. It's a shift from the now to the eternal. You see, for us to have a living hope now, 
It's deeply connected with where God is calling us to in the future, that place that he's made for us in heaven. And we mustn't lose sight of that eternal perspective. My dad um, always used to make this joke when we were growing up. Um, he was a medic and so he's kind of got this sort of sense of humour and um, he used to say, I know exactly when you're going to die. And um, we'd always look surprised because that's what you have to do uh, with your dad's jokes. And now I see my children doing the same thing with me. He said, I know exactly when you're going to die. And we'd go, oh, when's that? And he'd say, after your last meal. And the reality is, for all of us, we are all going to physically die. I hope and I pray that it's not in this season to this virus. But even if it is, even if it is, we have an eternal perspective because our eternal life has started now. That's why it's a living hope. An eternal perspective. And the last shift is this. It's a shift to worship in our homes, not just in a church building on a Sunday, but in our homes as the church family dispersed all over Western, all over Bath, all over the nation, all over the world to live a life of worship. And there are amazing resources of freely available to help us to do this. Wouldn't it be amazing if at the end of all of this that there were homes across Western, across Bath, across the nation that were powerhouses of worship and the presence of the living God as testimonies in every street, in every neighbourhood to the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Let me pray and then Pete is going to help us to worship God together. Just as we are in, in each of your homes, take a moment right now. Take a moment just to be still, to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit into your home. To open the door of your heart again. It might even be that you need to set some things down. To take a moment to say sorry. Sorry for carrying anxiety and worry. Sorry for being distracted. Father, forgive us. Forgive me. Come and turn our hearts afresh to you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your great mercy. Thank you that in you we have a living hope. Come and fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit and teach us how to worship. In Jesus' name, Amen.